Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I thank you for what I feel in this building tonight. I thank you on the Wednesday night that I feel the peace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God. Thank you for being good to me. Amen. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 40 and verse 28, I want to say it's so good to have Ben and Matt with us. Amen. We're so glad to have you with us. Praise God. Thanks for being here. Already we want you to come back. Hast thou not known, Isaiah 40 and 28 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is a weary. Praise the name of the Lord. We don't serve a weak God. He's not an aging God. He's not a tired God. He's not a complaining God. He's still an on-time God. Amen. Right now, He's an on-time God. Amen. He's not weary. He has not fainted. It says there, it says, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of His understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Somebody say amen. He said it's, it's normal that even the young people with all of their youth and their health can faint, can fail, can be weary. But they that wait upon the Lord. Amen. He's going to renew your strength. You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. How many can you say amen? You're going to run and not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. Somebody shout, that's me you're talking about, preacher. I'm telling somebody, you're going to make it. That's what I come to preach tonight. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it. Amen. For the next few minutes, you can be seated. uh, But for the next few minutes, I would like to preach to you from the verse that says, they shall run, run, and not be weary. Can you say amen? They shall run and not be weary. Praise the name of the Lord. I, um, I, I look at the word today and I'm pondering the theme that has been in this church for the last few months, really. That there has to be a part of us that, that takes time and pauses for a little while. I, uh, in the teaching that I gave a few weeks ago, talking about creation. Everybody say creation. And I taught you that the Lord could have created the heaven and the earth in, seven, in one day, but he chose to do it in six and he rested on the seventh. We call it the Sabbath day. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. 
in that what he did on the first day was incomplete, wasn't it? But he finished it on the fourth day. What he started on the second day, he finished on the fifth day. What he started on the third day, he finished on the sixth day. I don't have time to get into all of that tonight. And at the end of every day, though it was incomplete, he stopped. Look at your neighbor and say, stop. That's the problem with some of you that you're so tired because you don't stop. You have to stop. The project's unfinished, but you have to stop. The things are not done, but you have to stop. There's got to be a moment that you stop. Everybody say stop. It's a pause. What I'm going to talk about in tonight is waiting. But in that moment, you say, what I've done today is good. Every day that he stopped, he said, and it was good. I want everybody to practice this with me and say, and it was good. The next day, and it was good. The third day, and it was good. The fourth day, the fifth day. At the end of the sixth, when everything's complete, he says, and it was very good. He looked over his week, and he saw what had been complete, and he said it was good. I don't pastor lazy people. I pastor hard-working people, passionate people, motivated people, consistent people. We have new people coming all the time, and I'm so thankful for that. But when you look at the book, the Bible talks a lot about working and, and whatsoever a man uh, uh, soweth, that shall he also reap. It talks about labor and working, and we understand that. But uh, uh, what I bring to your attention is you cannot work all the time and be healthy. You can't work all the time. Something I felt earlier today in, in my teaching is to teach you what I'm going to teach you tonight is that there has to be a moment where you stop and you reflect. Everybody look this way. I've been doing this for a few weeks. Everybody look this way and say, over my week. And I say, and it's, it was good. You got to reflect, but you got to, in the moment of waiting and stopping, you got to turn. Let's look over the next week. And you got to say, it's going to be good. So everybody take this hand and say, you got to reflect. Take this hand and said, you got to expect. And so that's what Sunday should look like. That's what a period of time in your evenings should look like is you stop and you reflect and say, I've done all I can do today and it's good. But I know tomorrow is another day and this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Something's got to get a hold of us tonight and believe that he's got the whole world in his hands. And if I'm serving him and I'm walking with the Lord, amen, the Bible tells us with God all things are possible. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Why? Because he walked with God. I'm not going into tomorrow by myself. I'm going into tomorrow with my hand in the hand of God. He's not following me. I'm following him. I'm going... He gave me the job. He set the path. Is there anybody with me in the building tonight that understands that I'm not in this all by myself? When I gave my life to the Lord, he's taking me. He's ordering my steps and he's going to make a way. Somebody say, man. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, God's going to make a way. In the teaching tonight, every day should be a moment. I have ever since I've seen the revelation of this. Uh, Brent, Crystal, you were there when I saw the revelation, when I was teaching you. I taught you all first about it. And God began to, in a Bible study with them, and it so convicted me that I, I've realized 
some things that if we're not careful, we will get a spirit of unthankfulness. We'll lose a spirit of gratitude. Why hasn't this happened? This isn't done. And the only thing you can see is what's not in your life, in your personal life. You can only see what you're not instead of what already is. You can't see yourself growing for what you haven't become yet. But there's got to be a moment to say, you know what? I'm better than I was yesterday and tomorrow I'm going to be better than what I am today. I'm growing in him. Amen. I've got more than I have yesterday and I'm going to have more than I have today. God is going to continue to let me to grow. Can you say amen? So when you are reflecting, you gotta be grateful for what you've done. When you are expecting, you gotta expect for better tomorrow. Amen. So when you look at the context of the scripture, hast thou not known, verse 28, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, he's everlasting. I mean, know that. He's everlasting. The, he said, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. How I many know oh, he's declared the end for the beginning? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you meet God tomorrow, he's as good as he was today. Today, he was as good as he was yesterday. Can I preach to you for a little while? He's the Lord and he said, I change not. He's not weakening when government weakens, when economy weakens, when the weather changes. God does not weaken. He is still as strong now as he has ever been. Amen. And when you look at this, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to be good tonight and teach you what I feel, but it says, it says, he is the creator of the ends of the earth and fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding, meaning you, you can never understand the depths of God, his wisdom and his greatness. They are still finding new galaxies and stars and they can't even get to the end of it because it is beyond comprehension. You can keep searching, but you'll never see the end of his greatness. He's bigger than you think. He's greater than you think. He's got more than, than enough. I'm gonna tell you right now, quit limiting God with what? he can do. He's unlimited. He's all powerful. He's almighty. Oh, somebody shout, he's almighty. I still believe the verse that says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Look at your neighbor and say he's bigger than your situation. Don't you think it would have been good enough in the context of writing to say for he is able to do above all we ask or think. But it's not what it says. He's not just able to do above what we can ask or think. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. What it's saying is you can't measure what he can do. There's nothing too big for God. He's bigger than your trial. He's bigger than your history. He's bigger than your situation. He's bigger, 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 bigger. I preach you tonight, he's able. Somebody say, shout, he's able. And so you begin to understand that's what it's saying. You can't search. You can't find the end of his understanding. And what does he do? He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. He comes to the weary and he strengthens them. 
He, he gives strength to the weary. He gives strength to the faint, might to those that are weak. He increases their strength. How many here tonight feel like you need some strength given back to you? Amen. He said, even the youth, he describes, the writer describes, the prophet describes, the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall, meaning that they might be young, they have health, but they have limitations. He said, but I'm gonna take you in your situation, and he said, I'm gonna bring strength. I'm gonna bring strength. Somebody say strength. To who? I'm gonna bring strength to those that are faint. I am gonna bring strength to them. Then he goes on and explains how it's gonna happen. Verse 31 is the explanation. This is how it happens. How does the weary become strong? How does the weak become strengthened? It says, but they that wait. There is a stipulation to receiving strength and... Um, Strength. There's a stipulation on this. How to the weary, how does he give power to the faint and strength to the weak? It's very clear in verse 31. But they that what? Wait upon the Lord. Somebody say wait on the Lord. The word wait there, it means exactly what it says. It means to wait. But it's more than just sitting there waiting. The word wait is described how to wait. It means to wait, looking for a hope, and expecting. You can be grumpy waiting. Have you ever had a grumpy waiter? That's not, it's not the same thing, but it just sounded right to say at the moment, but you can be doing nothing with a bad attitude. I've seen people wait on something to go wrong. I've seen people wait with unbelief. Arms folded, got an attitude. They're waiting. They that wait upon the Lord. What are you waiting on? Strength. What am I waiting on? Power. What I'm going to do is beyond me. But God expects me to take time to wait. Wait with what? To wait with expectation. So tonight at this moment, I want to teach you something. In every person's devotion, there should be a time of waiting on the Lord. Sometimes we read, we read our Bible. Everybody say, read your Bible. When you're reading your Bible... And then you take time to pray. Sometimes we read all the way through our, our time, but we don't wait. We pray. We get our list of prayers done, but we don't wait. And my experience of living a life of prayer is that the most powerful moments aren't while I'm praying. It's somewhere in the prayer, I pause and wait. And there's something that begins to stir within the waiting. I have prayed, I've asked God, I've praised God, I've thanked God. Now my time's to wait upon the Lord. I start expecting. In that pause, my mind is turning. I start dreaming, I start believing, I start thinking about good things. Are y'all with me? 
And so the, in the pause, you've got to start thinking about what he's going to do, what he could do, what tomorrow could be like. Listen, if you think everything's going to go wrong, it more than likely is going to go wrong. But you give me a believer that has been waiting on the Lord. They've worked for six days, but they've got a pause in their life. They've been thinking about the goodness of Jesus. Said He give me strength. The Bible says the weak can say I am strong. I look over my weak. I've worked hard. I've done what I'm supposed to do. And you know what? It's good. Am I, is there weariness in me? Even Jesus had a moment. The Bible says he was wearied with his journey. And what did he do? He sat. What do you do when you're weary? Wait. Sit. Rest. And in that moment of waiting, God begins to renew strength to you. When you are waiting, if you just keep working, you keep worrying, you keep doing all this stuff, you're just going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. There's got to get a moment that you get alone with the Lord. Come here, Brother Zion. You can be the Lord for a minute. Amen. I had your backslid or something about getting ready to go to heaven the other day, I think, in here when you come out of the water. I think that's something I said about that. But, but when you are waiting on the Lord, sit beside me. There's a moment that you are waiting on the Lord. You are alone with God. You are praying. You've repented. You, the Bible says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Praise him. Always start your prayer with praise, not with asking. Oh God, it's me again. I'm, I'm suffering. The Lord's looking out of heaven and says, you're always suffering. Oh, God, I need you to do this. This is going wrong in my life. And he's looking at him and saying, it's always going wrong in your life. What you got to understand before I ever ask him to deal with what is going wrong in my life, I need to thank him for what he's already done. It's a spirit of praise. It's a spirit of gratitude. It's a spirit of thankfulness. And when I come in here, it doesn't matter what's wrong in my life. God is in control and he's worthy. The Bible says all good, good things come from the Father of lights. In him, there's no shadow of turning. Amen. What I'm saying to you is there's got to be a spirit of thankfulness that says, you know what, God, you've given this to me. Thank you for health. When I start my prayer, when I start my praise, a lot of times this is how I, I praise. If I walk in that door in my prayer time, walk this way. If I'm not at home, I'll come in and uh, uh, stay with me, Jesus. Amen. You're going to be Jesus for a minute. And uh, when I walk in and I'll come in, I say, Lord, I thank you for two straight feet that you healed. And this is sort of how my praise will be in my prayer time. God, I thank you for hands to lift up in the air. I thank you for, for two legs to stand on. I thank you, God, for eyes to see and ears to hear. Oh, yes, God. I thank you, Lord, for health in my body. I say, Lord, I thank you for a heart that beats. And since COVID, I thank you for lungs that breathe. God, I just want to say, I know that everything I have comes from you. And for that, I am grateful. Lord, I thank you for the clothes on my body. I thank you for my beautiful wife. I thank you, Lord, for her health and my children. I go down the line and I thank them for the things in their life because yeah, at the end of the day, some things could be worse. But I give credit where the credit is due and God's been good to me. And that's how I start my day praising him. Amen. I start my day praising him. I start saying, I thank you, Jesus. And in my prayer time, listen, the way I'm praising right now is how I'm praising alone. 
I don't get my praising voice from my preaching voice. I get my preaching voice from my praising voice. And when I'm alone, whether it's anybody with me or not, that's how I begin to praise him with the same enthusiasm. Jesus, I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for another day. Thank you for raising me up this morning. I know that what you said you're going to do, you're going to complete. And the work you began in me, you're going to finish a good work. I just believe it's going to be all right. Praise your way into faith. Anytime you praise, future starts opening up. You can't separate praise from future. You can't separate praise from prophecy. When praise starts happening, prophecy starts coming. You next thing you know, you start expecting and start believing. Then you stop for a minute after praising to go back to the altar and say, Lord, I realize that I'm not you. I'm a weak man. I am a limited man. All you people in the building, you've got limitations. How many know it? He said, you will get weary. You will lose strength. Even the young will fail, will utterly fail. He said, you'll utterly fail. You have limitations. That's what he's teaching in the verse. I don't care how strong you are, how high you jump, how good you shoot a basketball, how far you can run. What did he say? You have limitations and you will faint and lose strength. That's what he said. He said, but what you've got to understand, for you to regain strength, for you to regain power, there has to be a period of time, even in the young, that you've got to wait on the Lord because your strength isn't coming from your Big Mac. It's not coming from your Diet Coke and your cup of coffee. The strength that you need to get through this earth comes from one source and his name is Jesus. He's the strength. He's the power of my life. Can you say amen? amen? Listen, it looks like it's doing nothing. It's plugged into the wall. It is a Dewalt battery. It's just sitting there. It's plugged into a power source. You can look at the battery and you can say to that battery tool, look at you over there doing nothing. If the battery cool tool could talk, it would turn back to you and say, I'm not over here doing nothing. I'm just waiting because I'm gaining some power so the tool can do what it's supposed to do. If you have no waiting, there is no charging. If there's no waiting, there is no power. If there's no waiting, there is no strength. You've got to get alone with God and get plugged in again so you can get where you need to go. That's what I'm talking to you about. And then you can run and not be weary. Somebody say amen. So here I am. I'm over here alone with the Lord and I've been repenting and talking to God. I've been praising him, walking early mornings because if you're early morning praying, if you don't walk, you fall asleep. How many of you have ever laid before the Lord? It didn't have anything to do with meditation. Amen. Meditate, somebody called it. And I'm teaching you on this Wednesday night, sustaining, sustaining a strengthened walk with God. And there's moments that you got all of this stuff to do. They look over and here you are. Reading your Bible, you got a cup of coffee. Well, Jesus on one side, a cup of coffee on the other is a pretty good combination. Especially with a Bible right in the middle, amen. And you're reading the word of the Lord and your heart stirred. I'm gonna tell you where some of you miss devotion is it happens too fast. Read your Bible so you can get you spread the bread in, which was a chart we used to have, and you mark off. So you can say, I read the Bible through in a year. Had some buddies the other day, got together, and several of them read the entire Bible through in 30 days. 
Good for them. I'm happy for them. But you can't sustain yourself from that fast reading. I think it's great. I had no ill against it. But uh, 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 I find methodical reading, being alone with the Lord. I sometimes read as long as the Lord will let me. And I'll stop. And I'll meditate on that scripture. And I'll digest that because it's bread. It's bread. And what you'll find is when you're alone with the Lord, when you're alone with His Word, you can't separate God from His Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When I get into the Word with God, which is God, it's near me. All of a sudden, it starts feeding me. His Word brings strength. His Word brings life. Bread or the Word of God for the spirit man is like food for the physical man. You've got to have both. And in a logical standpoint, this right here looks like, because you can't see him. You just step out of the way a second. This is what, all kinds of stuff to do. And this is what you're doing. Or this is what you're doing. Wait any longer, it's going to feel awkward in here. But you're, you're bowing before the Lord. You got prayer music playing, maybe. Everything's turned off. Don't, don't, don't have devotion on your phone because you end up on Facebook. You'll check the weather again. You end up on news. Come on now. Teaching you to sustain a logical, logical, strengthened walk with God. You can spend ministry running weary. I want you to say this with me. Leading on empty. Addicted to busy. That's books out there. Addicted to busy. I've been there. I've done that until my body broke down. I had to learn to get back. I learned something very, very, very powerful at the age of 19. I was helping my dad. I got out of balance. was in college full time. was helping him pastor three churches and the only time I would pray was when I was going to preach. I prayed because I was in service five, six, seven times a week. It wasn't that I wasn't praying. I, just, I was only praying to feed the people. It wasn't to get to know God. And in that moment, I became spiritually weak because the only thing I was doing was producing fruit for others to feast off of. It's no longer about me and Him. It was about this. What can I do? Jesus, I need you to help me. Because i got to go preach, oh Lord, I pray you help me let somebody be saved today. Let somebody repent. Let somebody be healed. Let somebody be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I got enough to minister, but not enough to sustain my walk or my run. We're in a race, by the way. An eternal race. How many know that? We are. We're running a race. And what you learn to do is you learn to get busy, saved, doing saved things, ministry things, and next thing you know, you find yourself no time for this. This is where it began. But what happens if you let this get away? And all you're doing is this. And there's no connection to him. It won't be long. You'll be running weary. Galatians teaches us, be ye not weary in well-doing. It is a commandment to not be weary. Some of you are in self-denial in the building right now. Saying, well, I'm not weary, I'm strong. You're lying. You're trying to convince yourself you're strong. 
because you don't want to accept that you're limited. What you've got to understand is that you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like going to church, and you don't feel like reading your Bible. That's a sign of spiritual weariness. You can become spiritually weary with good intentions, a good heart, a good mind, just out of balance. How can you run and not be weary? Because the race is what, what we're on. This isn't about ministry. This isn't about daughter works. This isn't about serving, serving the church here. I feel a powerful witness of the Spirit that has come upon me even now in this teaching. Because right now you're realizing, pastor's got my number right now. I'm going to help you. I say to you in this room that if you're not praying, I don't care how many times you go to church, if you're not praying, you're dying. Your lamp's going to be empty when he comes back. You're going to not have any oil in your lamp. You have to stop to fill up. Keep driving that car. Keep driving. You can say, no, the Lord's with me. I don't need to get gas. I've got, a, I've got a nice car. You don't stop and fuel up. That's called waiting. It looks like you're going nowhere, but you're going to go somewhere because you took time to get filled back up. It's a pit stop. You have to do it. It's necessary. And that's why he said every day should be different than, than this day should be different than the rest. What was the Sabbath for? Did he have a Sabbath? Did he rest on the seventh because he was weary? No, because he's not weary. Neither does he faint. You will though. And he taught us incremental planning. Do what you can today. Don't try to do it all today. Incremental planning, base things off of a week. That's what he's teaching. Do a little bit every day, increment it. He's teaching us the plan. But at the end of it, he said, you gotta take one day and rest. You gotta take one day, get your spirit right. Because if your spirit's right, it'll heal your body. There's some people that cannot get physically well because they're spiritually unhealthy. Proverbs says a man's spirit will sustain him. His infirmity. Everybody say this with me. A man's spirit will sustain his infirmity. That's why there's so much sickness in the land. Because the spirit of people, they are not healthy. They think rest is a television screen where they process tens of thousands of slow images. of thousands of slow images and the mind is trying to keep it and you are creating uh, releasing of chemicals in the brains and, and emotion I put on something there, there's a thing called oculus I believe that's what it is it's a it's a thing like a virtual world how many's ever seen that somebody let me try to, I put one of those on and and I had these things in my hand and I hit the elevator took me to the top of a skyscraper and I stepped out over the top edge of a skyscraper on a plank and uh, when I got to the edge of the skyscraper, it looked so real. I couldn't separate my emotions from reality, from virtual world. I couldn't separate it. The only way I could walk out on the plank was I had to cheat by taking the goggles off and looking at the real floor and realize I was in a real world. Amen. And I couldn't separate it. What I'm saying to you is that virtual world creates the emotions of a real world. You only have so much emotions to pour out. You only have so much love to give. You only have so much fear to express. You only have so much adrenaline to pump. You only got so many endorphins to release. You only have so much. And you can spend all of your emotions on a video, on a movie, and by the time you get to church, you have nothing to pour out to God. 
Weep and cry over a series, weep and cry over a movie, come to church all dried up. Why? Because you have spent it all. There's been no time to brace. Oh, I feel like preaching to you. When I was growing up, the elders took time to wait and to meditate before they ever got to the house of God. Why? So they could pour everything out on him. So they could pour their love on him and emotion. Oh, is anybody hearing me preach tonight? I want to give him my all. I want to step into the house of God and praise him. Praise him. Somebody shout, praise him. Amen. You're going to get to heaven and realize science will prove what I'm preaching. There's only so much that you can do. Amen. Don't leave me now. Don't leave me now, Brother Zion. And you will find in the Bible that we are running a race. You can only run so far. You, there's marathon runners. They can, they can run so long. And uh, they can run, they prepare to get that far. But even the longest marathon runner can only run so long before he gets weary. He gets tired. How many know it's true? But in Hebrews 12, there's this verse, it says it this way. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It did not say, let us run the race. It said, let us run the race with patience. Trying to get there faster than the next guy. Trying to get there faster than you're supposed to get there. You've got to grow at your own pace. You've got to walk at your own pace. You've got to run at, your, run at your own pace and realize, how do I know I'm getting where I'm going? I'm going to tell you how. Because I can feel the Lord with me. I can feel his presence. I can feel him. Listen, I know it's Wednesday night. I feel like preaching to you what I feel in my spirit. There's a danger when you can no longer feel. The Bible says we have a high priest who has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, therefore let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I'm preaching to somebody that's watching or in the building. You can't feel anything. You become emotionally numb. I come to tell you, you'll wait on the Lord. Lord, he's going to baptize you with fresh, fresh emotions. You're going to be able to feel again. You're going to be able to love again. You're going to be able to be passionate again. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands and praise him. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. Glory, glory, glory. You know why? Just remain standing. You know why you don't feel like running? Because you're weary. Some of you are like, I don't even feel like walking. That's because you're old, amen. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. He said, I'm going to, you shall run. I've offended half of you, my lads. I ain't never talking to pastor again. I'm just going to show up on Sunday night whether he's here or not, amen. I hear you. I've learned something. I've learned something. You can run and not be weary. How? Run with patience. Run with waiting. I haven't finished the race, but I'm farther now than I was yesterday. But I think I need to take a rest. The reason that we have made the decision is because we sought the Lord through prayer and great counsel. Why? Because we've been running to reach southeastern Ohio. We haven't been walking, we've been running. In 13 years, our, our attendance has cre increased in our campuses around, even, even in our global works around. It's been amazing. Now we've added a school on top of this. 
We added an extra service so we could grow safely through a pandemic. We have added, added, added. But there has been an element that would try to creep in out of, out of balance is running while weary. There has to be a season. I'm not saying we'll never come back and have Sunday services all the time again. I've heard people tell me that if you take it away, you'll never get it back. I don't know. I just think this church is an anomaly on some levels that if we say we're going to go back to Sunday night because we feel the Lord has led us, we'd all jump back in on Sunday night. But I think right now, amen, I just feel that. But right now it's going to be once a month. We got daughter work pastors that are stretched, teams that are stretched, your stretch, and, and didn't make the decision based on the gas prices are double what they were just a couple months ago. And I hear that they're going higher. I realize that. But what's going to happen in this, there's going to be a great rest. Don't dare make your Sunday nights another busy activity. It's not the goal. So you can go to a ball game somewhere. Running here and running there. That's not the goal. The goal is to set. Be with friends and family and rest. Not time to turn TV on, watch five hours of TV and wonder why you're so upset in your emotions. You can't watch all that and feel good. You tell your kids, you say, don't eat that candy. Your belly's going to hurt. How many of you remember eating all that candy until your belly hurt real bad? It hurts your belly, you eat too much bad food. And that's what happens. You eat too much eat media. Your soul feels bad. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Because you're spending, spending entertainment or reality. You're going to spend emotions. You've got to learn to set. And some of the greatest things you'll ever do is actually nothing. What are you doing? I'm waiting. My mind is waiting. My mind is up on the Lord. What are you doing, Sister Margaret? I'm waiting. Waiting on what? Oh, I've just been thinking. Hadn't had time to think, but now I'm thinking. What are you thinking about? Oh, I'm thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. What you call that? It's called expectation. I've been grateful for what God's done all week and he's done the last several months. Matter of fact, it's been a long time since I've thought about the goodness of the Lord, but I've been thinking a little bit. I've been reflecting because I got a little time to wait. Somebody say amen. amen. I feel health coming to this body. Amen. I'm going to run and not be weary. I might have to walk before I run, but I'm going to run and not be weary. Are y'all with me right now? What are you doing? I'm expecting. That's what the word wait means. To wait with hope and expectation. And they that wait. Some of the most powerful moments in my life on any level is when I was sitting, sitting silent with, with the Lord. That's almost as I begin to see what he was going to do. It's as if he took me and said, all right, let me show you. That's where prophecy comes in. Expectation comes in. I'll tell you what I feel is that when we gather together on that Sunday service, July the 3rd, it's going to be absolutely explosive power of God in this room. When 9 and 11 have joined together, you get to see people you haven't got to see in a long time. We come back Sunday night on that first Sunday night, July the 3rd, and we got our people we've been sending to Coshocton and different, different campuses and around. They're, they're all back in the house of God together. It's going to be powerful. People are going to be healed. Lives are going to be touched. People are going to be strengthened. Somebody say, wait. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
Why? Because the Lord said, I'm going to take the weary and I'm going to bring them power. I'm going to take the faint and I'm going to bring them strength. God's going to bring us strength in this season of our church. Brother Mark Melick, do you believe that? Sister Rhonda Melick, do you believe that? How about you, Brother Russell? Do you believe that? They're going to much strength. Everybody say much strength is coming to the body of Christ. Lift your hands and tell the Lord, I'm going to take time to wait. A little time every day, but certainly on Sunday, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to rush into the church and rush out. I'm going to wait. I'm going to come early and stay late because I'm going to wait. I'm going to have the evening to rest. Hallelujah. the Lord speaking to some of you right now letting you see your life as he sees it come on the good shepherds giving you opportunity to rest you're not going to slip away because the absence of three services a a month you're not going to slip away it's going to replace with waiting strengthening friendships and fellowship Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.